We're good. We're recording. Yep. All right, so this is going to be our pre-movie review of uh, 1917. Um, all right, so Steve, uh, what do you know about it so far? I know uh, that one of the things that was really interested me was uh, uh, the cinematographer Roger Deakins, who's uh, I think one of the well, he's he's an extraordinary cinematography cinematographer. He's he's I know him a lot from uh, Coen Brothers. He does a lot of the Coen Brothers movies. He's worked with this director, uh, Sam Mendes, uh, before, too, on a couple movies. Uh, uh, I think Skyfall, the Bond movie. Oh, yeah, this yeah. director also right, did. Right. And um, uh, Revolutionary Road, maybe a couple others. Um, but but that's the draw of this movie. I mean, it's, it's, it's a war movie, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, uh, it's done in a, in a unique way. Um, cinematography style right I remember you telling me it's like a what they call a single shot type thing Is we'll that see the... we'll see that you know and that's why one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of talk a little bit before seeing the movie because sometimes sometimes when you hear when you when you go into a movie what you take with you going in can really change how you right. experience it and it's not really fair well I <laughs> I don't necessarily think it's fair to put out an opinion when you don't really establish the context because I might be you know a a veteran with a with a perspective or or a, a, or someone like like I've got a background a little bit in in I went to film school and you know have the have that side right, right. so I'm going to be looking at it more from a visual standpoint or something like that and that's fair to know about the person that's given an opinion about something um true because it, it uh it changes the way uh, some you view things, you know. I and sometimes the more you know about a movie, the the, the uh, more it can uh, pre you, you know, kind of prejudge it a little bit. Right, and, right. Which I don't. I mean, I've got mixed feelings about that. Sometimes <laughs> I like to know what people think about something before seeing it. I, I like going into a movie that has poor reviews, but for oh. something some reason I'm drawn towards it. I'll enjoy it more just because <laughs> my expectations are a lot lower. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I don't know a ton about it. I've seen a couple previews. Um, I did pull it up. I tried to, to steer completely away from any reviews. I just wanted to know the synopsis of it. And so it says it's a, uh, it's a World War One movie. Um, it's, uh, the British army, uh, two, two soldiers, uh, are sent off into behind enemy lines to deliver some message that's supposedly going to save 16,000 troops. Um, and, uh, one of them, which is one of the guy's brothers. So, you know, just basing on that and the, the, the clips I've seen in the, in the, uh, review or what do they call them? Where trailers. They, trailers. I don't know why I blanked on that, but trailers, <laughs> uh, it looks very, um, it looks good. It looks in the, in the realm of the, the Band of Brothers and the Saving Private Ryan type film aspect, you know, of, of war where it seems very it, realistic. It has an authentic quality to it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and very, very, you know, emotional in that. And uh, the the story, the storyline to me sounds very Saving Private Ryan-ish too, mm-hmm. you know, right? They had to search out for a certain, certain group of people in this battle area. So to me that that's... I'm looking forward to that because I love Saving Private Ryan. Um, I love ba- uh, Band of Brothers. Uh, so um, I did see a little trailer 
it wasn't the trailer. It was like a little film clip, and it was a side by side of uh, a scene where he's running across, kind of in front of a, a, what would be called a trench, with guys coming up, you know, like a charge. And then the other scene is them actually filming him yeah. in kind of a raw, like almost like on someone's cell phone camera because it's not, it's it's definitely lit different. Like it doesn't have the darkness that the the movie char- the movie portion is going to have, and it's pulled back a little bit so you're actually seeing behind the camera as it's on its trolley rolling and uh-huh. you see and you see more than just what's being filmed. I, I heard they actually had to uh, wait out the weather because the fact that they were trying to make these shots more seamless and, oh. they, and they wanted I think it was a cloudy a cloudy uh, landscape um, and so when it got all sunny they couldn't they couldn't shoot because it wouldn't be consistent <laughs> for yeah that's cool I mean the one thing I noticed is <laughs> watching it was hard to watch between both just to see the action in both because mm-hmm. I was trying to watch the background characters for some reason they just caught my eye because they were um, they were essentially landmines going off uh-huh. they weren't they weren't supposed to be landmines they were more like mortars or something coming in so so ground would erupt and I, I this don't is know. just the behind the scenes. Yeah, thing this is that saw? behind the scenes thing, and and I watched. <laughs> just having to catch, it looked like some guy had to be standing right on top of it, and he literally went flying. And I'm like, I, I don't know if that was fully planned or not, because <laughs> the way he went flying, and there was no crash pad. No, no I was like, you mentioned a couple movies. <clears throat> you mentioned Saving Private Ryan and Band of Brothers. Are there war movies? Can you think of some that you don't care for that didn't didn't quite pull it off? Uh, well, well, I'll throw and actually, I did like this movie, but but uh, Sam Mendes also did uh, Jarhead with Jake Gyllenhaal. I did like that. Um, it's a di- little different. Yeah, it's a little emotional, more emotional. This, um, to tell you the truth, there's not a lot of war movies that I don't like. Okay. <laughs> um, but there's not a lot of movies I can say that I really just don't like that movie. I, I tend to lean on the side of like probably about a seventy-five percent, twenty-five percent, like. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, unless it's just like a total waste of my time. Do you think that's more because just your outlook on, you know, you're going to be entertained, you're going going into putting yourself in a position where you're not really looking to be I, I would say fed that the meaning of life, but, but right. but you want you want something just to kind of take you away for a little while. I would say that movies in general will do that just by for showing movies up. In general, <laughs> yes, definitely. I I do just look at them as entertainment. I don't look at them as like, "Oh my god, you have to you have to bring me to tears or make me, you know, mm-hmm. bring out these crazy emotions. Um, but in, in war movies in general, I tend to really like. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather watch one of those than, you know, uh, a rom-com or something yeah. like that, just in general. Um, like I said, Band of Brothers, I, I probably, that's a 10-hour jaunt that you have to go through. And I've probably done it four or five times. <laughs> um uh, Saving Private Ryan, I, I've probably seen six, seven, eight times maybe. Yeah. And and things like that I, I really do enjoy. Um, there's a couple others, and I'm trying to remember the name. It was um, Ricky Schroeder uh, played in a, and it was a World War One movie where he was caught behind the lines. And I can't remember the name of it, but it, it, it didn't do well in the overall scheme of things, but mm-hmm. I loved it. It was just one of those... It was gritty and real, and like the the good guys don't always win, or they don't always come out unscathed to a point where you're like, "That's really fucked up." Mm-hmm. And to me, that realism um, it resonates. So, uh, God, what, uh, I wish I could remember the name right, name of that movie. I'll have to look it up later, but it's a really good one that I a always. A long enjoy. time ago, if he still went by Ricky Schroeder. 
Yeah, it was. <laughs> Ridiculous by Rick Schroeder because I think Rick, when he, uh, he might have went by Rick Schroeder, but it was <laughs> it was easily in the nineties. Okay, um, I know I ha- I have it on a DVD, so oh. it was it was pre Blu Ray for sure. <laughs> um, uh, Post cassette pre Blu Ray, so I don't know what time frame that is, but uh, really incredible movie. Um, I'm horrible with remembering names, so so that's where I'm looking for it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I thought you would probably really appreciate about this movie and like it is uh, one of the main stars uh, shares your last name. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, one of the two main characters is a Chapman. Really? Yes. Oh, well, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, that that, uh, <laughs> that was one of the things I got off my Google search. I saw that. Like, what? That's kind of. I wonder if that's why he wants to see. No, no, no. <laughs> um, no, I didn't think that was, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, uh, note. Yeah, there. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a large. British act, actor um, cast cast because uh, essentially they're doing the British Army, um, which is you know that's cool. Uh, do you uh, do you play any of the first person shooter games? I have like Call um, of Duty and stuff. I, I haven't recently just because time constraints, but uh, yeah, I did. Um, I uh, really liked Battlefield Three uh, was one of my favorites, but it was more of a, a modern war. Um, and then uh, trying to think which ones they did. Uh, there was a Call of Duty where they went back and did World War Two. World War Two, yeah, that was a big one. I think that was the original, and then they went back and re, re uh, redid it, redid it on the new new engine. And I've heard that there's some comparisons just because of the the visual style of this. It's almost like 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 it follows the over the shoulder like like you like you tend to do in those in those first right. person shooter games. Yeah, um, those are incredible. Although those are more from the point of view. This is going right. to catch all the action but but just the moving camera to kind of follow you through the big scenic uh, landscapes uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious at, uh, how it's going to how it pulls that off that's actually one of the things I like about those games is not necessarily the the head to head on the online section but more of the um, the uh, game mode story mode where you are running a mission and you're you're playing against the computer and mm-hmm. not some ten year old in his basement talking shit to you. <laughs> um, so uh, and there, I'm trying to remember. There's one. Uh, it was it was more of a Vietnam style uh, Korea type battle. Well, there was Battlefield Vietnam, right? I don't know about that one. There might have been. Yes, yeah. this, this one. I, I'm trying to remember what it was. It might have been. It might have been Battlefield Three. But I remember just one of the scenes where you're you're running down a hill mm-hmm. while guys are shooting up, and it's literally like running through the forest, and it's 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 intense. Like the shit's blowing up everywhere, and you're like, yeah. oh my god! And then you jump in this little like uh, bunker, and it's got a machine gun, and then you start shooting, and the controller's shaking, the screen shaking, and mm-hmm. and it's like that is that is intense. And so to me, that is like living the movie living these type of movies in a way so uh yeah i'm i i think it's a cool way to do it and i think um i can't think of any other war movies recently or at least 10 years that have done in that aspect or if any ever have so that'll that'll be a cool way to see it yeah um definitely looking forward to that um yeah go see the movie yeah let's do it all right We're on. All right, so uh, post-viewing discussion. 
We just got out five minutes ago. So. Yeah, for uh, 1917. Um, my first take was uh, I enjoyed it. It wasn't a it wasn't a laugher, but it was uh, it was enjoyable. Um, it f- very well met the the criteria for a good war movie. It had uh, had a good story, I think. Yeah, war movies. The, the best war movies tend to have a really effective emotional arc, and this one certainly carried you, carried you. Uh, and, but it, and and I was a little afraid that the the cinematography would come off like a gimmick, and in uh, just from the standpoint that it's it's using the the single shot, the single shot, the single shot. And uh, there were a couple times where it seemed just a little forced, but mostly, boy, they carried it. Beautifully, uh, you don't get a sense of the transitions, and I thought the use of music to kind of usually you do there's editing or, or you know things you can do to kind of um, uh, carry the carry the changes in emotions and oh, films gotcha. or the scene instructions and stuff like that. Whereas you don't have that ability when you're just having a single shot flowing single through. Shot. And I thought the music there were a couple scenes how they used music to to carry it uh, to help drive the emotion and stuff change the transition like the, here was a pause and and, mm. and here was because because if you take the music out then it, it comes sometimes it comes across as just a big tracking shot you know just right. following some people along but I think it had um, two parts to it in a way like mm-hmm. the very beginning I think the one the the one scene type follow camera follow uh worked really well in a lot of the scenes and then towards the second half of it I think it didn't do as well mm-hmm. it, it fell off a little but I did like it I like the story um, I think it did a really good job um, I think it it, it I, there was a few holes mm-hmm. you know I picked up one I'm like oh, okay he should have reloaded at that point well, I'm going to look up that too because <laughs> I'm sure you know you think they only had well well you see them loading the gun in the uh-huh. very beginning it's a five clip uh, thing and he loads it and then I mean but it's just one of those things that people that don't shoot and don't know guns won't pick that up it's like yeah but for a big budget movie like this uh, it's think they, they've got a they've got a, a continuity person there that's gonna make sure that that stuff is it's done it's common in movies like that where they'll uh, they'll chamber around too when they don't need to uh-huh. like uh, there was a point where he um was going into an area where he should have already had it ready to fire, and then he does some stuff, and then he chambers, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, you should already have been chambered, but you know, <laughs> they're little things, and it, you know, um, I find I pick up on those just because I look for them. Um, but that was that was something super small. Um, the interesting thing for me is this: um, it kind of reminded me of Lord of the Rings. It felt a little oh, bit about Samwise Gamgee and uh, yeah. <laughs> Frodo. I didn't off think to about that, I totally. <laughs> get that the fellowship of the rings the beginning one <laughs> right and just yeah their story well it was like them just those two because it was the two and i don't know if it was the english accents that kind of helped it along. no that is a really good comparison i hadn't thought of that but but you've got the two towers with the big battle yep and them that i like that insight i hadn't thought of that yeah so i was sitting there going i'm like god this this really reminds me so, oh that's right huh so yeah, which one's Sam? <laughs> one of the I thought most remarkable moments in the movie was the transition in the in the once he hears the the six bells and he runs oh. out and there's a there's a shot 
well, I guess it's all one shot, but there's a there's a transition from the, the burning buildings to, to where he runs, and then you see the dawn oh, light. Oh, right, right. And I thought that was extraordinary, especially the transition from night into morning and, and the subtlety and how that how that transitioned uh, was flawless. Yeah. And, and really impactful uh, emotionally. I mean, it's like it's like getting up early and seeing that happen and yet having this this whole uh, um, dramatic uh, scene carry out. And then he, when he jumps into the river was. Yeah, I think I think it did a really good job with all the stuff. I, th- I don't think there was anything in it that I really was like, oh, yeah, I didn't care for that. Uh, there was a couple things that I was like, um, that might not have been more, you know, realistic as much as like. Uh, spoiler alert! The 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 girl in the town. It it, it was it it was almost like like a movie like war movies kind of need to have that scene where you meet up with it. Right. But the humanization of it, where. He, but he, I will say those are effective scenes, and this one got me just just the same as it does in other movies, oh, where it, where you you you're drawn to the yeah to the humanity and to this to the difference between you know this is a this is the life that I could have you know here's right. a woman and a child, and, <laughs> yes and 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 the. And, but he has to make a choice. Right, I agree with all that. I mean, I understand why they put it in there. My my problem with it is is one lady and a baby in the middle of a burning, destroyed city. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the chances, I mean, especially when there's still enemy troops around, it just was one of those, like, the likelihood of that happening, that scenario is so slim it, it it borders on the unbelievable. I disagree there because even even in this case, she said she didn't know who the child was. Oh, I, I'm not was just, I'm not like, saying about that. Was... She found the child, but I mean, the fact that there would be a lady like first off, she said she pretty much had no food, right? Mm-hmm. So okay, so how? I mean, it just it seemed it was the one thing in the movie that I was like, ah, uh, maybe not. But other than that, everything I think. Is, is very legit, like, mm-hmm. uh, in a war-torn country. Like, if if you would have seen other non-combative people, like non-soldiers, maybe, but I, that was the only thing. And it, it wasn't huge. Mm-hmm. It didn't, like, destroy the movie, but it was just one of those, like, meh. That makes... was also the only real alcove that he dove down into, and so right. maybe if he, if, he, if he were to explore more of the underbelly of that town, yeah, he I, may it, have found more It just was one people. of those, like, well, but, but you see the other soldiers around mm-hmm. so it means they're patrolling the the they would have been kicking down doors and they're not leaving any you know nook and cranny unturned they probably would have found her especially if she's burning a fire that that was my only that my only thing in it that i was like eh. but i did like i loved i you know we talked about it earlier the the one shot so i, mm-hmm. I really looked at that and i really followed that and i liked that um I thought most of the military scene stuff was pretty accurate um, and pretty believable. I like the fact that the background scenery was very well done. You know, uh, I tended to find myself kind of drifting off into looking into a lot of that. Um, I think they did a great job. Not not that much dialogue. I, there was one thing I, I liked when he had the got the got the ride from the. Uh, oh, yeah. But but the uh, the one uh, commander there mentioned. Make sure you have witnesses when you deliver the message. Right. That I, that was kind of unexpected to hear that, but then it made to- total sense. Uh, uh, you've got the people in charge that you know power hungry, are more more warmonger. Uh, you know, 
let's do the battle. You don't you don't shy away from the battle. I liked I like that scene in the in the truck too because it showed uh, the common soldier uh, camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're all part of this team. You know, you might be a part of a different division, but you know, we're all brothers and stuff. And I, I kind of like that. Um, that was one where I thought the music really helped transition yeah. because he he was going through his own turmoil and the music uh, uh, really uh, paralleled that and almost distanced yourself from what was talking and just like his character at the time was was a uh, distance yeah. from that. Very good show. Don't don't think it was slow at any points. Um, I think it carried. You know, was it two hour twenty twenty minute? No, two hour. It's a two hour movie. Yeah. That Chapman guy was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, he did pretty good. <laughs> I think uh, I'm trying to. I think it's the the main, the Blake, the brother. I think that's the Chapman guy. Oh, is it? Okay, I don't. I, I I'd have to go back and look again, but yeah. Uh, either one, they both did a great job. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anything else on that? Um, we can think think on it a little bit more and come up with some some things we want to maybe focus on. Yeah, yeah, and, we'll, uh, we'll do a, a deeper dive uh, on the next one and uh, really nail it down. <laughs> All right, All right, here we go. All right, uh, we're here with uh, how you seize it with Steve and Noah. We're talking about uh, 1917. We uh, saw that uh, just last week. Uh, we did our pre and post. Uh, show review um, so pre pre movie what we were expecting what we knew of it going in what what we thought we we're gonna see and then the post was uh, our immediate reactions of coming out and now we've had a week to uh, digest it a little bit digest yeah. it and uh, think about it so uh, Steve what what were your uh, what were your thoughts on it in an overall aspect well it it was a movie to me that really resonated. You know, it, it kind of has a an emotional impact and in and in a story level, but also just a, a technical level too. And, and because of the single shot aspect and the art direction, the look of it, uh, the movement of the camera, the um, you know, to be able to pull that off and and and, and still get kind of lost in the movie the technical when when something sometimes you choose a technical thing that becomes almost too gimmicky right. and this and this you you could you could suggest that that it's a gimmick that they the way they do it but it was just so effective the way it, the way it carried the story uh from uh you know where you follow along in, right. in real time you get a sense of you know one time when you when you're dealing with real time you have pace the, the the ability of filmmakers to influence pace and kind of right. keep that rhythm going is no longer you can't de- employ the same techniques of editing and and uh, but this one used music to to kind of keep the pace mm-hmm. moving and but it wasn't afraid of of those long moments where you just get kind of get to take in uh, all the the landscape all the people it did a few of those where it would kind of view out to nothing. Mm-hmm pause for a second and then view back in and sometimes it was a switch of scenery yeah um huh. which uh it's funny because that's something I, I normally am not like oh I'm, <clears throat> I'm watching for that but because we talked about it i was definitely watching i was like waiting to see if i could find somewhere where they had to cut like where they had to like make a okay we have to stop here and now how did they do it and, and sometimes it was in the middle of an action scene they would be running along mm-hmm. and you see it dip for a second like 
like either they dipped out of sight or the camera kind of dipped because it was in a, a movement and you know like okay that's where they there were a couple parts where you could say yeah that that's yeah. had to be it but i bet they also <laughs> used some some newer tech, techniques with digital where you could just probably seamlessly transition by doing a digital dissolve it's, yeah, sense it's possible yeah a morph yeah kind of the morphing technology that that can be so hard to catch with with the technology these days with CGI and yeah, I I don't know enough about it to know on that, but uh, I I do think they did an incredible job with that. Uh, it told a different story, I think, than you get in some of them where they can hop from scene to scene and scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely made it more a a journey with these two guys. Uh, much like I said, uh, or, or right after was it, it was definitely the. The trip to Mordor with us. <laughs> I thought that was, Sam. I, I thought that was a great uh, <laughs> analogy comparison um, to that. I hadn't thought about it, but, but well, that's I mean, what it felt like it to me. Really exactly. Does. Um, and then uh, the interesting thing too, I was one of the things I, I uh, thought about after the whole thing is, is is it switched main characters halfway through. If you started out, uh, the main character was the brother. Um, to, to, to lack of better way of uh, completing between the two of them. Sure, because he was the one that was was asked. I mean, but he was the reason he was they the, went. Yeah, he's uh, like, hey, get get a guy. Yeah. And so he took his buddy, and so and he's kind of in charge through most of the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they're the same rank, so I don't know if that had it. That didn't really have anything to do with it, but he just kind of took charge. And then we got to the scene where the plane crashed, mm-hmm. and uh, and he uh, he ends up dying, and then the other guy carries on so it kind of has a switch in there yeah it was very uh very interesting and I, I hadn't really thought about it until you know the the regurgitation of it in my mind of like oh you know what was really going on in there there aren't many movies that are bold enough to do that where you have a, a, a main character I, I remember when i was younger there was a movie called to live and die in la mm-hmm. um and i think it was the main the main guy from csi the the, the original csi the Oh, uh, uh, I I can't remember his name, but uh, but I believe he was the main character in To Live and Die in L.A. And like in the middle of the third act, he gets taken out, <laughs> yeah. and and they follow someone else just to kind of finish the movie. And it's like, wow, that was. I mean, it's it wasn't even the end of the movie where he dies. It was like it, it was it was bef- kind of kind of in a very un. Uncharacteristic kind of the, spot, and in fact, in this one too, it's it's a it's kind of the oh, end of Act One. It's not really you're right. If you break it up into acts, it's 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 yeah. It's this not, would have definitely had an act. Probably, I would say three, right? Mm-hmm. And that would have been the Felt end, like a three act, the yeah. three, the end of the the first, the first act, yeah. And then the second would be his journey until he actually makes contact with them, and then there's the final, uh-huh. movie, which is a tiny, it's a smaller time frame but it's him reflecting kind of at the end mm-hmm. um it's definitely a, an interesting thing but yeah i mean we were talking about the whole plane scene and yeah. the pilot and and what what changed that scene you know or what made that change of the the main characters was you know at first the one the main guy in the beginning is like you know they pull the pilot out and they're like hey you know the one one guy's like hey we should shoot him and the other guy's no no get some water and as he's getting water, he turns around and the guy had stabbed him, and it's like, oh, that was a shock out of mm-hmm. nowhere. And so uh, that was kind of interesting. We're talking about the ramifications of that, you know, like well, the humanizing yeah. of it. Yeah, you take a beat in wartime. Uh, it's one thing to be, um, 
you, where you've got distance between you're firing and stuff you're 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 shooting missiles from the sky there, there's there's not a connection but you get that close and and you're suddenly eye to eye with with a, a defenseless well you think <laughs> yeah and and you see the humanity and, and it becomes like you know i'm not going to shoot this person i want to i want to help this it's just a switch right um, and i i think there's some honesty to that but but yeah, in wartime, you can't think that way. I mean, that can, obviously that. Well, yeah. Well, and it's, you, you talk about that too. And it's like, I remember distinctly the look on the pilot's face as they're pulling him out of the plane. Mm-hmm. He has this grateful look like, oh God, someone's here to help me. And then, you know, it just flips. You're like, holy crap. Well, like <clears throat> Spielberg did that so brilliantly in Save It Private Ryan with that scene uh, where where the two of them... The enemy is fighting. They're they're wrestling around Rolling on the floor, around, yeah. and there's a one point where uh, the American kid has the upper hand, mm-hmm. and you you think, well, you know, you you've got it, you've got to end it, you've got to, right. and and you want you you want the you you kind of you have sympathy for the other one, but you know he's got to die, right? Until it gets flipped, and then it rolls, and then suddenly. Suddenly, the American is is going to die, and you say, "No, no, you can't." He, you have, oh, yeah. Show sympathy. Don't you have a heart? You yeah. know, you gotta, it, well, that I think that's he did that on purpose, specifically for that. It was like, "Hey, look, I, I'm not going to, I'm not killing you." But then he rolls over, and then it's just that slow push in and oh, the look on his face, gosh. like, "But I, you know, yeah, yeah that's that's a heart string puller on that one. That one's that one's rough." Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, I, I can't remember the actor's name, but I see him in in comedies and stuff yeah. like that, and it all I always go back to that. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, you know, and it's such a, <laughs> you know, because he's always playing someone like a total just, you know, not that character. Right, he, he's completely different, but you still see that look. You're like, oh, so crazy. Um, but yeah, that was such a huge scene, and I mean the fact that, especially in the situation, they should have not taken a prisoner because then you got to drag this guy along. It just but I think it. I think you're right. It does. It adds a human side to the to the uh, the movie, and then and, you know, and then later on in that same movie, you know, we get the same kind of scene from like the Saving Private Ryan, where you know he he sees the guy come out in the street and he drops into the the building, and there's the guy peeing, and so they end up with that face to face, and in the same kind of thing, he rolls around, he ends up choking him to death, right? Kind of thing. Right. Uh, I I didn't. I didn't find it as uh, passionate as the Saving Right Private Ryan. No, uh, well at all, and and I don't know if it was just the visual or it just never had that 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 human side of it. That like that pa- it never had the passion. Is as soon as as soon as they started going, I like okay, yeah, he's going to kill that guy, mm-hmm. and and he did. It it took longer than you know he would have wanted, kind of thing, and it just seemed it seemed to drag out. They also didn't want the other guy to hear. right. Yeah, there was a lot of parts yeah. to it, but it just it didn't it it didn't pull any emotions from me. Mm-hmm. Not like not like the Saving Private Ryan and and the rest of that. But yeah, it was uh it was an interesting, you know, like you said, the face to face compared to the other scene that was in the courtyard where you got the other soldier across the courtyard and you really could see each other from the firelight. And he kind of slowly starts running towards him, like hey hey, and then he lifts his rifle and starts firing. That's it. That, that to me was an interesting scene. That one to me was kind of like, oh, what, okay, what's going to happen here? Like, oh, it's a standoff. Like, is it going to be like, oh, hey, kind of, we're going to talk through this, and then all of a sudden he's running, but slowly. So it's kind of like that slow, and then all of a sudden it just ramps up into it. So that to me was kind of cool. I know. How do you think about that? You got some. I mean, 
I was a little surprised he didn't he didn't return fire. That was the biggest part. <laughs> to me, he had already gotten the firefight with the other guy, kind mm-hmm. of. And so why he decided just to run, I don't know. The only other part would be like if he doesn't want to get in a firefight because bring more troops, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the other. Um, One thing I'll I'll add because we talked about it last time was uh, I looked did a little research on the weapon they used, mm-hmm. and it, do, it is a 10, 10 round. Yeah, uh, it's a, I have it here. It's mm-hmm. a short magazine Lee Enfield MK three. Um, uh, yeah, two two five round clips right. that go in. So they were okay with the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't count them, but I knew it was more than five. It was more than five, and, uh, yeah. and so I was like, uh, it just it was one of those things that kind of bugged me. But you know, we see that in a lot of movies. There's uh, Hollywood is just not always right on top of it. I mean, not changing out magazines and not mm-hmm. not lo- you know going in with a, a, a chamber in the round kind of thing. They would be smart to pay attention to that stuff more because because because. People catch that, yeah. and and it adds an element of authenticity to right. it when you when you see through that so blatantly. Um, it, it can be, and I and I think I think the the better movies do uh, take consideration. They're starting stuff. to get better at it, but yeah, like, I mean, John Wick nails it. Like, it's so awesome. I mean, you, that one's you, not necessarily about authenticity, though. That's about kind of a roller coaster, crazy ride. But yeah, they they do it. To it an, is it is that it's uh-huh. this it's this. To me, that's what James Bond should be, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's well, okay, that's the blue collar James Bond. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way, right? The James Bond regular, <laughs> it is, because you know James Bond is more about thinking and out outwitting and stuff like that. John Wick is like, I'm not gonna think about this. I'm just gonna whoop your ass, and and he does it. But I mean, the the way they did it is they. I, I I laugh at the blue collar because of the whole prestige. You know that he's in suits. Oh, they yeah. go to the, they, <laughs> right. go to the, they have their 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 hotel. You know all the rules right. and everything like that. Um, I mean it more about the, getting your hands dirty. I, I get that. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, not to say James Bond doesn't have its action, but it's not the same. It's a different type of action. Well, I think with James Bond, they try to explore the character with Daniel Craig. The 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 first of the of uh, what was the first one that. that Casino Royale mm-hmm. and that very opening scene where they're doing the the chase the parkour yeah the, chase, and the, the, yeah, the parkour and the, and that's dirty and uh, yeah yeah he does it from time to time but it's never as gritty I think they were trying to to yeah. to get away from the the more suave yeah. uh, and uh, and try something a little bit uh, grittier with that right. actor well that's what, like with John Wick though they <laughs> they nail all of the they are very specific and very uh, detailed with their fight, uh, not only with the firearms but with their their martial arts, um, and a lot of it has to do with you know Keanu Reeves trains mm-hmm. constantly. I mean that's he trains two to three times a week in firearms. He does the the uh, uh, courses and stuff like that, which to me is just phenomenal. That'd be so much fun. And then he also does he actually does jujitsu. Uh, he does the driving too. He does a lot of. I'm sure yeah. there's some stunt driving, but there's but a lot he, of that sh- that's super legit, yeah. and it's like so. That's what's cool about it. So that that part of the, the yeah that that was one of those things in the, in 1917 that bugged me a little bit was just him rechambering at odd times, mm-hmm. uh, the kicking in the door and standing right in front of it. And I was just like, oh come on, that's that's elementary, man. Do you think it's enough though to make it feel less authentic, or maybe because sometimes I think that makes it feel a little bit more human, where you get a sense of of their 
I think it was story driven that he did that. They had to have a way for him to get, and, and they used it great. The mm-hmm. way I mean, it's because he kicks the door in. You see the guy for a half second. He shoots. He, the other guy shoots, and then it goes black. Right. And so that was a great story moment mm-hmm. for the movie, and and maybe that they had to drive it that way. And you know, it's yeah. interesting. You, you you he wakes up and it's dark. Yeah. And you don't know what time it is until. The bells. A few scenes later, and it's finally when he's listening to the yeah to the it's bells. When he's in it down with the girl. Yep, and uh, it's six o'clock, and you go, oh my gosh, yeah. a lot of time must have passed. I thought, that yeah, was, that well, was... that's you're at that point. You're like, oh, what the hell just happened? Yeah, like uh, absolutely no. Is he no understanding is... of time? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was a a, a craziness. Um, so yeah, there, there was a lot of good stuff in the movie. Um, I know we talked about. The biggest things were, you know, the the one shot. Uh, I think it did a great job with it. Um, you know, we talked about, hey, we're lo- I, I was looking for when they're going to have the breaks and stuff like that and stuff. Uh, I think it did. It was a good job. Um, mm-hmm. Would I see it again? I'd probably watch it again. Would I see it in a theater again? No. 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 It, it, it to me is like it's good enough to watch again. But it doesn't, it's not like a, that's something I'm going to go buy on a DVD right away. You know, we're like Saving Private Ryan. That's one of those movies uh, I have a hard time scrolling past. If it's on TV, I end up stopping watching. <laughs> um, it's not one of those movies, but I think it did a good job. Um, I think it told a good story. Uh, definitely pulled at some heartstrings here and there. So I, I think it was all right. What about you? Would I see it again in the theater? Um, maybe if a friend said, "Hey, you want to go see 1917?" I've already seen it, but yeah, I'll go see it again. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, there's some some gorgeous uh, uh, visual things that I like seeing on the screen. Um, but I went on about this afterwards, but the the whole transition from uh, dark to light was, I think, stunning, and that's something that. Sometimes you need to go to a theater where it has the advanced projection, and you can really get a sense of those of those changes better. But TVs are getting better these days, right? I, right. Um, I don't know. I, I tend to see. I used to when I was a kid. I'd I'd find a movie and I'd see it over and over and over again. I don't do that as much anymore. I don't. I don't. In fact, I typically don't even buy movies. Yeah. Um, but so uh, where I'm the opposite I, I tend to <laughs> if I like something um, I buy it first day release DVD yeah. kind of thing um, <laughs> Blu-ray now I guess Blu-ray um, yeah all the Marvels kind of things that's just uh, that's my my go-to um, even the DC um, I'll buy those even so yeah I, sometimes it's fun to see a little extra things um, well I, I, I tried to add more of that to the streaming services now which well yeah maybe maybe yeah. I don't uh, buy as many movies now because there's so much on the streaming but mm-hmm. like I know in the past I any movie I really liked in the theaters or didn't get a chance to see in the theaters I know you go a lot more than I get a chance to um, I miss some of them and, and so I buy them and, and that way I can watch at my leisure and, and I am one of those people that I will watch movies over and over again mm-hmm. if I like them and have, have the, the disc and stuff or the capability through streaming where Alyssa she hates watching movies more than once. It's, it's literally like, um, you know, she, first off, she doesn't even remember if she's seen them half the time. She has to ask me, like, have I seen this? I'm like, yeah, you've seen this. And then she gets up and walks away. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> so, uh, 
but yeah, I mean, Thor Ragnarok. Right. I, I I'm probably in the seventy eighty times seeing oh, that. Oh my gosh. Because um, it's one of those like, if I'm home alone, I don't like dead silence, so I have to have something on. And because I don't care for music as much anymore, like I just uh-huh. common, you know, modern music just doesn't do it for me as much anymore. I typically will put on a movie for background noise. Thor Ragnarok's one of those that that is a uh, is a go to. Most of the Marvels are actually. Yeah. I like having them available on streaming for stuff like that. I don't like buying them. I get a little uh, frustrated with takes up space. Yeah, <laughs> well, we we have a. Cindy sometimes likes to go to the five dollar DVD mm-hmm. bins at uh, at Target and come come home with three or four of them. And you know she gets excited about it, but she doesn't watch it. It's just kind of like to have it to stick it in the collection. It's like, uh, well, you know, I get I get it. Sometimes it's fun to own it, and it reminds you there's a certain nostalgia to these cool old movies and stuff. But I used to do that with Black uh, Friday. <laughs> Black <laughs> Friday, I would come home with so many DVDs. Like, ah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I've actually uh, had to cut my collection down quite a bit because of that. And I was like, oh, I got nowhere to store these anymore. I know. So. I know. You live in a house long enough and you run out of space. Yeah. <laughs> but it is it is nice to be able to, uh, because not all the streaming has, uh, like, well, now, now it's almost, you can pay for it each time, which you could probably watch them four or five times renting them <laughs> that way without having to buy them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, so that's our that's uh, our take and how we seize it on uh, 1917. I think we both liked it. Uh, I definitely recommend it to someone. I, I would recommend it to anybody that likes um, kind of realistic uh, history pieces, right? You know, like a Dunkirk type thing. It mm-hmm. had that kind of same feel. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a blockbuster uh, war movie like Saving Private Ryan or Band of Brothers. It wasn't it wasn't that kind of emotional like really deep diving you know destruction that you see in those like you know the the taking of the beach or you know some of the bombing uh, scenes in, in Saving or, uh, in, uh, Band of Brothers, but it had a coolness to it and something that I don't think was done. You know it it, it had that feel of a the 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 journey like the like the hobbits went on you know yeah. Sam and Frodo uh, journey it, absolutely it, it had that uh, without the 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 outtakes from the other groups and stuff so mm-hmm. uh, it kind of had an interesting part of that so yeah Let's do a mashup of those two movies oh my god yeah <laughs> Just, <laughs> Yeah, you could almost. Just do some dialogue editing. Mr. Frodo. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, yeah, so so that was 1917. All right. 